0: Welcome to Hatching Creativity. This isn't just another behavioral health podcast. This is the place where thought leaders converge to talk about real-life challenges, breakthroughs, and pivotal aha moments. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Hatching Creativity. In today's interview, I speak with Maeve O'Neill from Circa Behavioral Health. Maeve is a behavioral healthcare industry expert and one of the most passionate advocates for ethics and compliance. We speak about outcomes, compliance, data standardization, and what you could be looking at to best serve your business. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, please like, Subscribe and tell all your friends about Hatching Creativity. I'm here with Maeve today. Maeve, would you like to do an introduction of yourself?
1: So I worked in behavioral health my whole life, 35 years, about 10 as a clinician, 10 managing programs, and then 10 in leadership positions. And then luckily the last seven or eight of that has been in compliance, where I found my love of helping other organizations become more compliant with regulatory stuff, more in line with what the standards are across the industry, and then helping to make sure our staff are ready for that. You know, I think it's a matter of making sure that individuals, teams, and organizations all have the same information and are walking towards the same goals.
2: You know, it's funny, I talked about standardization, the time, and there's such a lack of standardization in this area, right? Everybody does things their own way and feels that it's better, but without standardization, there's no way to compare outcomes or results or what is good, right? We don't even know that because I think of so many things. Yeah. So I I think that's really valid.
1: I feel, I was telling someone earlier, I think that we, in my career, I went through sort of the evidence-based practice movement, you know, do we have the right um research bases and, and the right clinical practices then we have the managed care kind of movement that one will align with what payers want and I think the next movement is going to be compliance do we have all the standards do they kind of make sense are they different in every state or maybe there's some more alignment and how how can we help organizations implement them on a daily basis we add a lot of headaches without a lot of problems and just integrate it into their daily work I think it's so much easier well it's
2: it's also interesting because the way people manage compliance yeah. makes it really hard. People feel like because they are able to keep their license or their accreditation, that that means that they're doing enough on compliance. And what they're really missing is that compliance should be used as a tool to protect your organization and to protect your revenue or if potentially to... Generate revenue if you're using the right tools and looking at the right data, though. Oh, yeah,
1: sure. I think compliance and behavioral health, we're a very kind of like a a baby program, right? We're just maturing to the point of what is compliance? Do we have all the elements? Do we have all the pieces? Do we have a, a framework, an approach to it that makes sense? Or is everyone kind of just doing the best they can with what they have? Is it a person? Is it a good policy set? is it someone that's helping them to do it because they've done it for so many years but i think we're going to see a lot more um infusion into the field of of requirements from accreditation bodies licensing bodies of you have to have a compliance plan and a program and a a staff and and certifications like we do in medical and clinical services so it's coming it's going to be here soon i think
2: you know what's what's interesting though is that i think as It There's tons of evolution needed, but the other thing is, is the way people manage their documentation, right? They're planning on the Joint Commission or their state not coming out for two and a half, three years, right? So what ends up happening is if they're not coming out for another two, three, whatever, people just do their own thing and then as it gets closer they're making up information we all see it right and what ends up happening is the data is useless i use you know examples all the time of whether it's client rounds people skip on client rounds all the time oh this is how you make sure your clients don't die you know or nobody's in a position where they need a clinical help and they can't get it they're all, all, these standards are here to help people, Yeah, you know, to help the clients, put down the organizations and you have to look in your data and actually do something right. it.
1: Yeah. A real good compliance plan and program that looks at all those risk areas and the data behind it on a regular basis to hopefully have a robust response in place, right? So you don't wait for joint commission to come and say, oops, you missed this. You're catching it, you're managing it. And then I think you're learning from it. And then you're developing a culture of learning. Like you always want to get better. None of us has this perfect. None of us has this fine tune. It's an ongoing process. And then we can learn from each other. I think as we learn those lessons,
2: you know, it's funny you talked about the vulture. So I had on, I had Jordan Young on recently and Jordan is a, a recruiter in the space mm. and we were talking about hiring processes right and one of the topics that came up was yeah. don't just hire somebody because they're a body and yeah. you need somebody in there that you really need to make sure that you're hiring somebody who's a fit for your culture mm. because it one it's very easy to damage your reputation Mm -hmm. two it's very easy to poison the well with the rest of your staff when you hire somebody that's not and good cultural fit
1: yeah absolutely so i think a an interview question is how do you see compliance what does the culture of safety look like um here is our our culture and how do you see yourself fitting in those are great ways to interview yeah and then if someone leaves your organization maybe even ask what didn't fit for you what the organization didn't see right and are there compliance concerns as you leave those are great for a touch points yes. to, to um integrate compliance into those activities so you learn from it
2: I like that. You know, I think that one of the things, and I've seen you present a dozen times by now, and one of the things that always stands out for me about your presentations as well as what you talk about as well as practice is staff taking care of your people, understanding the burden and the workload on your team so that... I mean, they're not dealing with them. You want to talk about yeah, that a little bit? Sure.
1: I think it was probably seven years ago. I wrote an article uh, for the Healthcare Compliance Association magazine and the title was uh, Compliance at the Heart of the Organization. And I really believe that compliance, when done right, shouldn't be a punitive, um, scary place. It really should be where people come to feel heard, to feel listened to, to feel safe in the organization. And when you do that, And then you have, I think, better outcomes for our clients, for our staff, revenue, like you mentioned earlier. My new mantra is happy and healthy staff are ethical and compliant to provide quality and safe care. You can't do one without the other, right? We've got to do all this and the compliance team, person, whatever, should be part of that process. Um, Whether you're using a platform like Hatch or an EMR process or whatever it is, team meetings, you weave it in and it just becomes part of our daily activities. That's the goal.
2: I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. If you could change something in the industry, what would that be?
1: Well, I guess I'd have to say about the staff, I think I would change the fact that well our challenge programs it is, is their staff coming first because we all want compliance to come first or revenue or expenses. yeah time, right. right but if it's really staff you got to say how do we demonstrate that what does that look like on a daily basis is it just going warm bodies is it taking care of our staff is it staff well-being activities um i was just presenting earlier about do we have burnout initiatives in our programs so what are we doing to prevent burnout in our staff what are we doing to detect that turnover on may's team or mike's team or you know and then what are you doing about to collect it because there's lots of things we can do but if you don't know the data if you don't have the information you can't really address it it's
2: true it's true i you know i hear because i talk to so many people about things like this i always ask you know what are you doing to ensure that your staff is happy. So you talked a little bit about staff appreciation and the things that you do. And it's funny because so many organizations I talk to, you ask them, what are they doing for staff appreciation? And they really don't have anything. Or maybe they do a pizza party once a quarter or something. I was in California not that long ago, and I was traveling around visiting some of the treatment centers that we work with. And I sat with Michael, the CEO of Alter Health Group in uh, Dana Dana Point, I believe. And he goes, Hey, what are you doing tonight? I said, I don't have any plans. What's going on? I'm taking the whole staff roller skating tonight. You want to cover? And I was like, What? He goes, yeah, they do team roller skate. And so the thing is, is like with these cool team events, if you want to do something with the team, do it outside the work. Yeah. Don't like, don't necessarily, they're spending enough time there. All right. Yeah. Do it outside and do it in a way where people can really connect and become friends. Yeah. Find people, look out for each other that way. And you're dealing with not only a vulnerable population, your clientele, but a vulnerable population as your
1: Yeah. I love the creativity of it, right? Like whatever your staff, my staff, else's staff, it might be different. So ask your staff, what do they want? You might think they want a pizza party or maybe they want to do something else. You know what I mean? So when you're really, when you know your staff, you know, it's okay to ask. What right now do we need? Do we need a day off? Do we need a party? What do we need? Let's do it.
2: But the thing is, is communication has to be often and consistent. Because if all of a sudden you come out of the blue and you yeah. go, "Hey, what do you want to do?" Yeah, yeah, they're going to be like a deer on the headlights, and they're not going on, un- like not going to trust it, uh, right? So it has a lot to do with that whole culture, uh, like like you had mentioned. You know, um, it's it's so important that your staff knows that they're appreciated yeah. and respected, and you know, and and cause sometimes they may mess up, yeah. But you got to kind of look at that mess up and wonder you know and and ask yourself is that a mess up because of carelessness is it a mess up because of like their personality or maybe they're going through some stuff Yeah, I'm, and, and maybe they just need you to put your arm around them and say hey yeah you're gonna be all right and you're not at risk here right right that goes all along the way exactly and we got people like that you know where they fit off Yep. for a little while and you don't know why they're off. Yeah. But if you have that communication with them along the way, you can go out and straight up ask them I'm noticing you're off. Right. What's going on? Right. Right. And they'll share that with yeah. you. Help that connection. If they you trust will. you. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So if you, is is there anything that you would say maybe for somebody who's looking to get started building a culture of compliance? So mm-hmm. What would you recommend? How somebody gets started? It seems like such a daunting task. Well,
1: I guess the first thing is to kind of recognize if you have data or information, what's our current culture? So, what's our baseline now? Where do we want to get to? And then, you know, folks like us at Circa, we can help you figure out what's the best culture of compliance. What's that going to look like? It's a, it's a risk assessment, right? Do you have a plan? Do you have a program? Are you reaching the seven elements? Do you have a policy procedure manual? Do you have the training around that, all those pieces? And then you kinda of, you can't fix it all at once. What you can do is say, this year let's do this. We'll tackle this problem and that problem. And then you kind of I think get the input of the staff, get the input of the outside people, and the next thing you know you're making progress and you realize the effort and the work is worth it and it'll keep growing from there. So are you saying?
2: That the best method is one foot in front of the other yeah. as opposed to like just going wild and flipping the whole
1: organization yeah. on its head i think so i think it's a clarity what is where are we now where do you want to get to and then taking steps towards that and you're going to make mistakes along the way that's okay too but i think having an outside person like us come in and help assess that's really helpful too yes so we see Hear things that may be Unbiased. internal, yeah. That, Unbiased, objective opinion, external kind of evaluation is really helpful.
2: You know, you mentioned something a minute ago about being clear. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm a big fan of Brene Brown, just like you, and she always says clear is kind, yeah. unclear is unkind. And I interpret that as setting a clear expectation of what you expect from other people and what other people should expect from you and if you are clear about that if you hold them accountable for it, they know what they're being held accountable for. The worst is when it's amorphous and yeah. we're just guessing
1: and yeah, we feel safer when we know what expectations are right what am i what might happen what's going to happen and how am i going to feel when it happens absolutely thanks
0: for tuning in to hatching creativity we appreciate your support please don't forget to like and subscribe and tell all your friends about the show and remember it's never just about one thing